welcome to the first episode of the in between chats so this podcast is part of a larger community titled the in between collective and we're going to be publishing a series of articles on topics we feel have been overshadowed by mass media and we're we're also going to be doing an online book club so be sure to check that out but on here it's me and meg interviewing people doing things that we find very inspiring we hope that this platform will eventually become a space for you to to lead conversations about your own sources of inspiration but today's first chat is with amy cooper and we'll be talking about the joy of movement in addition to loads of really interesting community projects amy um, is a co-founder of the our body collective oh god see it's just this is where we just get so like but we'll, we'll work through it now. I, I really like just seeing how you're doing it. I've always wanted to make a podcast and here I am just watching you making it. It's great. Yeah. Trust me, we are not experts. We are learning. Yeah. More more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take it away, Meg. Okay. okay. It's recording. So <laughs> I thought today that we could start talking about movement because I recently met Amy, who's a wonderful lady, and um, you've brought something magical to our little town, and that is a movement session. Oh, you've brought many amazing things to our town, but one of them is a movement session. And it's just been so revelatory to me because it's just like four of us at the moment in a dance studio, and Amy just comes along, pops the music on, and then we just start like moving. It starts mostly when we're just like working through different aches and pains, and then we just like start going a bit crazy. And I feel like <laughs> I always carry a lot of tension in my shoulders, so for me it takes about half an hour, and I'm a bit heavy in my shoulders, and then I start to move and relax. Um, and it's just been such a great way to connect with the other women in the room, um, to music, but also not to feel any pressure at all on on us to look amazing or like to, to pull out the, the, the good moves. Um, so yeah, I just thought that that is a really lovely place to start like a conversation about movement and the joy of movement and how um, stretching our body and listening to music and being with one another can be really good for both our physical and our mental health. So maybe Amy, you could tell us a bit about your, your journey through dance because it's been a long one, I think, and a very interesting one. Thanks, Meg. I love listening to people describe their experience of a dance session. Um, it's so important to me to understand, like, keep hearing other people, like, how people feel. And um, it's, yeah, our body, which is the dance session that I do, is about capturing something that I finally realised that that was the thing that I most love about loved about dance. So, like, I grew up dancing as like a little girl in the Midlands. Like my mom was just like looking for things that I could do. You know, actually I, I would have much preferred that I was into ponies, my mum. Um, <laughs> but I used to go to a dance cl- a ballet class in the village, which my mum says I used to go crying, crying and she couldn't understand why I still wanted to go every week. And um, I do have quite horrendous memories of it as well, of kind of being dragged around the floor by girls that were bigger than me and not knowing what was really going on, but yet really wanting to be there. And then um, after a while, I moved to another dance school where, and I think I got a bit older, so I also understood a bit more what was going on. And I started doing dance exams. So in the UK, you've got 
um, ballet, particularly there are dance exams that you can kind of keep pushing yourself through and you spend money and you get examined and you wear like little outfits and there's a whole syllabus to learn and um, also tap and then modern, that's kind of the hierarchy. So ballet's common, then there's tap and there's modern. And I just started working through these syllabus and um, was quite into it. My mum was still not very into it. And I kept on saying I wanted to go to another day. So I was sort of dancing on Mondays and Tuesdays. And I wanted to go on Wednesdays as well. I wanted to do Fridays. I wanted to do Saturdays. And this was to start doing competitive dancing, which was much more creative. And you got different costumes and makeup. And mm. you did um, dances with other people to certain music. So you'd learn this choreography and then you'd perform it on a stage on the weekend. And... Um, Eventually my mum let me go and do it, but it was, she felt actually quite embarrassed after a few of these dance festivals. And she said, do you really enjoy it? And I said, yeah. She said, because <laughs> you don't look like you're enjoying it and you don't, you're, it's not actually that fun to watch you. And mm. um, she sort of noticed that although I was sort of dancing, I, I didn't really capture the audience. <laughs> it wasn't very captivating for the audience. And um, and I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about there being an audience and being a relationship mm. and being like an energetic thing about movement that I could move and it would engage an audience. She said, you know, like there's other people that dance and you know, you're kind of excited to watch them. And you know, everyone is moved by them. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess there are. She's like, I mean, but I'm sure you can learn to do that. But also if you don't want to do that, maybe you should do something else. Also, have you seen, I was watching Strictly the final or whatever. And oh yeah. Terrifying the way that they're like grinning into the camera. And I know there's a real space for that, but I personally find it very disconcerting. Quite uh, yeah. There's definitely, um, so yeah, in competitive, I would say if you went to see a competitive children's competitive dance show I'm sure I'd be horrified if I went back in there now I'd be like whoa what is crazy world that we're doing this is so intense so um what kept you going of, back what do you say what kept you going back like what uh, okay so I had this sort of breakthrough moment where I I one was really loving dancing with the other people and I started to really relate to them. And so, and I started um, doing dances that I suddenly, I, I clicked like why I was doing it. And there was a story or an emotion or a game and, and that fun translated into me winning. So it mm. just went from I me mean, just being kind of, it, purely physical and this sort of mm. move it going through the motions a bit like on a jogging actually just you know one of those machines in the gym where you're just like your <laughs> arms are attached to your legs and you're just kind of grinding away mm. and I was just kind of done I was doing dance like kind of like that so it's sort of mildly satisfying and a bit like the gym you know you just keep going back because it's quite there's no other physical stuff going on so keep mm. going back and then I started doing this thing that was like completely electric like completely different and sort of 
in a in a trance. I would be in a trance with these other people. We would be doing these dances that were quite fast and physical. Like some of them would be acrobatic, and you sort of get to the end, and you can't believe you managed it, and everyone's applauding, and you're like, "Wow!" <laughs> and so at that point, that's what kept kept me going back. You know, it was, um, and I think so. Then now, what I want is to give people the experience which is not to be on a stage, but it's to be being seen and felt and knowing that you are communicate, you're communicating with yourself. You're mm. in this state sort of outside this trance state that you, you've got into a belief. Your body mm. is going beyond thinking left, right, left, right. It's in a flow. And then you're able to do that with other people and to do it in a way that mesmerizes and moves others. Mm. I think a lot, I think it kind of ties into allowing your right brain to speak. I feel like we live in a very left brain society where it's very like maybe logical, rational, whereas our right brain will speak a lot through meditation, through art, through movement. And like you said, when you were almost in a trance state, you know, and I, um, I remember reading an article once and they were talking about the differences between the left and the right brain and how the right brain all at once is to feel connected to the other, connected to other people and connected to the energy around you and connected to, to the earth itself. So I think that's very interesting how you describe it as being almost in a trance, you know? I really like that, that, that you say that, it's, that there's, there's a sort of an instinct to connect. Mm. And um, so when we when we're working together in a group, um, we start, as Meg was saying, with this ache and this itch. And and then eventually it, we get beyond ourselves, beyond this immediacy. Mm. It's kind of like you tend to your immediate needs and then suddenly something else becomes available. And, and then you're moving, like a collective narrative mm, starts yeah. to be conjured. Um, and uh, yeah, I, we writing and and kind of channeling from a physical place where you're starting with the physical and then moving to um the words or the understanding mm -hmm. i think it's interesting as well that distinction between dance and movement i think where i well when i've asked people to come and join us on a wednesday in this movement session they've been no but i'd be so embarrassed i can't possibly and i feel like dance is almost to be seen dancing um like when I think about dancing I'm maybe in the club with a friend or something so you're aware that you're dancing to music with other people you're aware of each other's bodies in a less free way it's still lovely but less free and I don't know I think with movement and I definitely still feel aware of myself quite critically in the movement sessions but I definitely can see a potential to be freer and freer and more increasingly but I think that's really interesting the way that words get bogged down and have so many connotations to it that can be quite ulterior to how how we want the sessions to run or I don't know. Yeah, no, and I think that part of the experience, that critic, that's something that comes up so quickly when you're starting to think about your yourself in just a physical response. So there are lots of things that come up much faster when you can't just tell a story, when you can't weave yourself with language away from where, 
from the things that are actually showing up from you. When you walk towards a person, you suddenly stop because the only thing that's stopping you is your your feeling in your body. It's different from walking toward, you know, making ex- oh, you know, making excuses or saying, oh, yeah, well, I'd come close, but you know, like, you know, there's something when we start to allow our bodies just to sense that's really um, uh, checking ourselves. Like we're in a way, I think we put ourselves in positions that we're, we do, we don't necessarily thrive off or we don't feel capable of, or mm-hmm. sometimes we, we want, we want to go to that place, but there's some part of us physically that's not coming with us. That's reluctant. And if we can allow ourselves to talk to that physical self that's holding back and say, okay, come on, then what is that? And then let's, let's try it. Like, let's see what it feels like. Um, uh, I, I do some coaching with movement and, and one guy said, oh, I didn't know that I felt different if I stood different. For me, it was like, sorry, you're like six foot seven. You're almost a giant. <laughs> How on earth, you know, your whole world must even look different the way you stand. And like, I think people... about that all the time. How tall people must view the world. Yeah, because... <laughs> I'm 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 quite short, you know. I'm constantly looking up at people and looking up things. But imagine just walking around and you're looking down at everybody. That's a whole other world that you're navigating. Another world, yeah. And and also, you're what you're saying is that the world is looking at taller people. Like for him, how he stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 actually, our body sessions started from the premise of. Um, Lauren, who had just come back from Argentina, was uh, full of all this. She used to work with um, a women's group that was really about freedom and body. And, um, you know, they'd get out on the streets in their pants and, like, you know, throw it around to be like, these are our bodies. We own it. Like, you know, I'm not going to hide. I have a body and I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm going to throw it in your face. And... She came back and she was talking about this. She was like, I want to do some sessions in London. And I was like, yeah, I think it'd be great. But also London is, is there are people who like men are shrinking their shoulders because they don't want to be imposing. Like we've got lots of conversation about like the patriarch and men imposing and men dominating Mm -hmm. and like men are almost scared of themselves and their physicality. We've got women who are scared to be, uh, sexualized and sensual and seen and like to have breasts to like to be beautiful and and yeah you've got some super confident people who are like all over Instagram showing their image but most people are like wow like it's quite crazy to have this body that's mine that I choose and that I choose how it's seen but I don't necessarily choose how it evolves or like mm. what becomes of it and so this was the conversation that began the Our Body. And I said, I just want people to know that they're seen and that they're safe to be seen. And that it, that feeling of being seen by another person and being like, kind of like the, the form of love that I think's the best, which is just this idea of when you love someone, you just see all the possibility and the beauty in them. And you're just like, wow. So mm-hmm. you're just a squidgy human with so much possibility in life. And like, I, I witness you. And um, that was, to me, was that moment of trust that allows everyone, and it happens so quickly, and people are so scared of scared that it doesn't exist. Like, I think people are so doubtful of 
the human condition and that we're all around to like bitch about each other but I actually I have so much faith that I sh- that there's so much pleasure in bringing love to someone that I think actually a lot of people when they even just sniff that they could bring that to someone they're going to go for it that's going to be like wow yes I th- I feel yeah. like from the way you're talking about it in order to be seen you kind of have to see yourself first you have to connect with your body itself, connect with your physicality in order to fully embody the space that you take up. Mm, and I think it it's like layers of allowing. So although I don't necessarily see everything, like I will never see all of myself, but it's allowing mm. that I will yeah. allow a little, I'll allow an openness and a, and mm. a calm. Like when we meditate and there's that state of just, like easing when the muscles soften and the eyes brighten and the Mm. lightness I I think there's been a real change like thinking about physicality because of COVID and because like so much of our interaction is like this through Zoom and I've definitely felt like like I'm so much more aware of myself as a mind and a body in one (laughs) whereas before I felt like I was kind of like a poking mind my body did the same thing Mm. but now I'm very much more connected my body and then again when we go into spaces where I think we're a lot more um aware of one another when we enter those spaces but and that's why dancing was also that other dimension of being in each other's spaces like cutting through each other's spaces like working with one another and watching each other and responding to each other and one of the most interesting things I think has come up um from our sessions is um so one woman that we were with said we were talking about dancing in the club and feeling aware of ourselves and feeling um, like we were watched to some extent. Um, mm. Whereas she'd been in other spaces where she felt like she could just like be free and dance and be. And I said, Cosmic slot. Karma will know this, but cosmic slot in slope. Leeds. Like it's yeah, because it's, there's just this room and somehow they managed to fit loads of people in and you're absolutely stacked up against one another. It feels but like there's five dance. rooms in there. It, oh, you always have a yeah, space it to dance, even if people are all up against it's each other. Amazing. Nobody, nobody's shoving, nobody's pushing, and oh, honestly, like one of the best. And everyone's and so respectful, so respectful, and everybody's just really, like, really taking up their own space. But also at the same time, like every, like every time I go there, it feels like we're creating energy for something bigger. That's the only way that I can describe it as. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like a case of Karma, I miss you say where the place was. Cosmic, cosmic Slop. It was a night out in Leeds. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Cosmic Slop. Good old times. To be honest, I, I'll tell you what, I definitely do miss the catharsis of dancing on a night out. Like, I never realized how much I loved having a boogie and just being free in that way until it was taken away from me. Yeah. But I feel like with lockdown, like the first after the lockdown, the first lockdown that happened, I was I've never been as connected to my body as I am now, because I feel like that time, like it was just such a slower pace compared to what my life had been before. I never had time to just sit with my body and listen to what it was saying, listen listen to what it needs, you know. So I yeah. feel like I think that plays into like temporality, our idea that we need to be in some kind of relentless progress. And actually, we were all like, we were ground to a halt. And then suddenly we had ourselves, we had the people we lived with, we had the space that was con- mm. quite constrained that we were kind of stuck to. And so mm. you were kind of confronted with 
Um, everything that you've been running away from essentially exactly exactly I think that so many people have started to do yoga started to meditate started to run started to dance on like with themselves Mm. that's really powerful it's funny you were making me think about movement and and move movement and movement and like mentally I was gonna ask Meg if there was anything that you'd found you had made space for or like felt that you'd moved mentally through moving physically I definitely found so I was feeling so stressed with life and with the first session um we were dancing and I was yeah suddenly feeling all those feelings I felt at things like cosmic slop like the catharsis and the joy of dancing I'd forgotten about the joy of dancing and there was, we were maybe like halfway through an hour and a half session and then Amy was like, just go run up to yourself in the mirror and then run back again, like dance to yourself in the mirror. And I like looked at myself and I was just like grinning. Like, I don't think we ever really catch ourselves in those kind of moments mm. of joy. Um, and I was like, I felt so close to tears. Cause I was like, oh, there I am, mm. look at me. I'm dancing <laughs> and I'm with these people in this space and I'm having time for myself and listening to music and connecting with myself. And so for me, it was that recognition of the importance of taking time out and moving without obsessing over what I was doing, I think, mm. was one of the greatest things. And I mean, I've got so much, so much to do in the mm. dance, but I'm so grateful for you to just open it. Because I think, yeah, like I always say I love dancing and, and I think of myself as a kind of a free mover. <laughs> bit of a wacky dancer but that is you know a step before this next kind of freedom that comes with just listening and then moving mm-hmm. what do you think well that's interesting that you feel like you're somewhere and that you imagine there's this next place what's this next place like that you imagine mm, I don't know because I think when I think about our movement it it's kind of divided into two things. So um, I think on the one hand, it would be like being at one with the music and my body and not being conscious of my movements and yet being making intentional movements. Um, and then another thing is that idea of being in a group of people dancing and looking at them and feeling connected to them and, and being in a space where people are doing the same thing, but differently and learning from them. It's a really celebratory environment, I think, and that's almost as important as the self-work, I think. Do you relate it at all? Because you do a lot of art and stuff. Mm. If you had to, because I've been thinking about how you would describe it to someone who's like completely new to it, to be like, oh, imagine it's a bit like getting a piece of paper and you just you get to hang out and like scribble all over it and have a nice time. Or the, I mean, what? or making something out of clay or like singing a song and then slowly over time you if you hear it over and over again eventually you just know the lyrics and you'll just find yourself yeah. singing along I'm not sure I think I will be able to articulate myself more clearly maybe when I've been doing it for longer but I can't think like drawing on a piece of paper seems too aggressive in a way not aggressive but you know like this is something I'm doing I'm pressing pen to paper I feel like it's more blowing air bubbles or something (laughs) and then watching like the forms come alive through the air and seeing the changes in the color and 
I don't know, something like that. <laughs> I like that, yeah, I like that you're saying that dance, even though it's your whole body moving somehow, there's something sort of ethereal about it that you can't quite, it's not like locked down, it was like a moment that came and then you saw it and anyone that witnessed it. And it's so 3D that you would maybe never see the same, you know, yeah, from a different side, you see something different. Yeah. And yet, like, you're so grounded, I think, as well. I, I fear that I'm maybe making it sound like it's, it's almost inaccessible in its airy fairiness, which is mm-hmm. not what I want, because it is really something that we should all, we can all do. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I like to write, but I feel like for a very long time, I kind of wasn't able to, because every time I would put pen to paper, I was always thinking of, you know, what word is going to come next? I have to come up with a really nice metaphor here or a really nice simile there. But I feel like what I like about dancing is I, I don't feel like I ever have to think of what come next what comes next, you know? It really is just listening to your body in a way that other mediums just aren't, I think. Mm. I think um uh something that I'm really like the music, the atmosphere, this common atmosphere. Like the other day in the session, Megan, uh, myself, um, were... I wish I was at these sessions. <laughs> no, I wish you were. Well, you're in Berlin. Yeah, there's some in Berlin. I'll put you in touch with Lauren and you can go mm, and hang yeah, out. She might definitely. do some street takeovers now. It's locked down. In last lockdown, they were doing lots of like street takeovers. Just that like dancing amazing. in the street. Um, and the nature one as well. They went out to the woods and smeared paint all over. I would stuff. definitely be down for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that we had this wonderful jam the other night where we were moving to one track, and it just allowed us to be so much more in each other's space. Really, uh, cap- we never bumped into each other we were like really weaving we were desiring to be on the floor a lot and like spiraling up and the music was giving this energy I think if we tried to do it cold we would have just been like sort of felt like sort of seals out of water rolling around on the floor (laughs) followed by like trying to clamber up to our knees and like roll like move around each other probably bump into each other probably be like oh I'm terribly sorry um but it was so funny that once we're in this dance mode in this in this atmosphere of music we were just liquid around each other and and Mm. um I think that that transformation for me is sort of it's, it's always a bit unthinkable and then it just it it can it can happen and it's really special yeah, absolutely. Also, what you were saying about, you know, not apologising, because I still, I'm a big, I'm sorry, yeah, and I definitely still, some, we're doing like kind of rolling on top of each other, I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but that was the only time I said it, which is quite a record for me. Um, but I think that's also about like the culture of the space and making spaces feel safe. And so that does matter. I think I've tried to say, oh, we should all just be moving, but you have to go in with intentions, even if you're doing it alone. Um, but especially when you're doing it with other people. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wonder, um, do you have any visions of, so I guess Meg, Meg and I have been living in this, well, Meg's from Oswestry and I've been visiting. And um, what's the, have you had any like visions of, 
dance in Oz. Like I used to dream about when I was a kid, when we used to drive on the motorway and we'd get stuck in a standstill. I used to dream that everyone would get out of the cars and pump up the radios and we'd all like be dancing on the bonnets of the cars, like the whole oh, okay. Um, so that was my dream and I wondered if there's a dream, um, a similar dream for Oswald Street and how you think Oswald Street could be moved by our dancing or them dancing or... Hmm. I suppose I never thought of, like dancing wasn't really on my agenda of things to do and then suddenly we started doing these movement sessions and then it was very transformatory. I think for, because Oswald Street is a small um, town um, surrounded by countryside and there's a lot of links between local farms and the town centre um, and there's um, one lady who dances with us and she's doing like an, a residency up at a farm and and her she's an artist and a lot of her practice traverses kind of the space between like town and landscape and um, through poetry and, and art and she is really eager to do some in the landscape which I think would be amazing just like taking the movement out because I suppose again like our idea of dance is very connected to music and a certain type of music I think and then I suppose movement is something we've been doing for our whole existence so mm -hmm. to do it outside and then be kind of mindful of the environment you're moving in even if it's not to music would be quite a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had two things there, like uh, one I had um, the other day when we got into the the folk, we were, um, so Carmel, we were playing this music that has like um, underlying folk uh, rhythms to it. And it's interesting, like lots of different folk music has the same sort of underlying, um, uh, and it's often to do with like, staying in there like staying mm. in the like walking a long way working hard like washing the dishes like looking after the kids like staying in your day and celebrating it and we were looking at some of the modes of movement that allow you to kind of regenerate yourself like even like a kind of you know you kind of lunge forward and you can kind of bring yourself back with more energy than you went mm. into that lunge and these um and these kind of giddy, exciting movements that allow us to build up this frenzy. And there's so many references. Um, and yeah, like maybe Oswald Street, we, need, we could get, we could kind of create a, a, a fake, our own sort of mm. new age folk, faux folk <laughs> movement. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's one thing that springs to mind. Mm. I think we really do need to, I'm really interested in folk tales and folk music and I guess, folk dance although I um the other day we were we yeah we, when we were dancing to this music we were kind of like we were using the momentum of our bodies to inform the dance um so we kind of and it, it really reminded me of a Kaylee you know like when you're holding hands with everyone and then you like you, you end up kind of raising mm -hmm. your arms and then so, and then you hold it in the air and then you rush back and everyone does it all together <laughs> so I feel like that momentum that you get in folk dance is quite it it felt so natural that your body would follow its lines. And mm. I just think that that's a really beautiful thing that, I don't know, that it's something folky, something like drawing a line between people and with our history. And I don't know, it feels so, very natural. So would you say it goes a long way for community building? Oh, yeah. Oh, have you ever been to a Kaylee Karma? Mm -hmm. Oh, my <laughs> God. I wish. Yeah. I wish. They're the best things ever. And I think, so... 
so yes yeah, so, so you're you're dancing with the community it's how would you just you describe okay you're probably much better at describing oh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna let go I need <laughs> oh, I do I for my 18th birthday party I had a Kaylee bit obsessed um yeah so it's like you do a lot of line dancing you do partner dancing but within a body of um of the group and a lot of it could be dancing in circles so much of it actually is like skipping and swings mm -hmm. so Swinging and momentum movement. Have you been to any of the remix, Kaylee's? You know, there's, no. um, there's these, like, yeah. So, um, a few of my friends started running remix Kaylee's to different types of music. So, there's someone that like beatboxes, they lead into the Kaylee, and then they they play like or like bassy, bassy music. Um, there's a few of them. They're a lot. Um, they're mostly based like London, Bristol, but they're they were doing lots of festivals and weddings before lockdown. Amazing. Um, yeah, amazing. I um, need to check these out. Is there any um, in Palestine, Karma? Yeah, we have like a traditional dance called Dabka and it's honestly like, it's my favorite part of any Palestinian wedding because everybody will line up, be holding hands and like, there's like a lot of steps to it, but usually like the the person at the front, they'll pretty much get free reign and they're just, everybody's moving like very uniformly, very like conscious of one another, like very in sync. But then the mm -hmm. person at the front, they'll be like leading the group and oh, they're like jumping up and down on their knees, coming up and down, turning around, leading the whole group. And I love the sound of when everybody's like stomping on the ground and you feel the ground vibrate. And it's just like, literally like that energy building up, you know? It's just such yeah, I think this is it. We're gonna do some folk dance. I feel I feel this is this is what we yeah. need to do some folk yeah. dance. And if you I think about it, dancing was such a big part of like more ancient like more ancient cultures, gr group dances as well. I feel, yeah. I used to go to, to, go to um uh um my friend took me to um, Garba, which is like, she's she's Gujarati. And so it's like Dandia and Garba and the Dandia is with the sticks. So it's Indian stick dancing, um, which again is like quite liney, but it's really like, um, our we have Morris dancing with sticks in the UK and this kind of like jump and click and jump and click. Mm -hmm. And then you can like, you've got the basic and then you get these kind of crazy spin-offs when you get good at it. And then the other one, Garba, is this circular dance, which is really uh, beautiful, actually, that it's performed in the circles. So you're all going round, but there's like different inner circles. So, um, so people like, drop, oh. yeah, and people will drop in and then do like something a bit fancy and a few people might drop in with them and then follow them. And so you end up kind of really cool. I mean, let's yeah. do it. Let's do some... Um, Definitely. Let's spread coronavirus with some <laughs> sweaty folk dancing. <laughs> no, but it's, it's interesting thinking about the beat as well. I had an interesting conversation today about this, about the way that dance brings us together and music brings us together. And I think it just goes back to that, like to a drum beat, just even if it's the most simple, like boom, boom, boom. Because I suppose loud sounds initially would have been quite, um, dramatic and exciting or uh, would signal danger I suppose for communities and then suddenly you're drawn together in like a supportive group to whatever assess the situation but then I wonder if there's something within us all that when you hear something loud or you hear a beat there's I think our bodies recognize 
our bodies recognize patterns and like repeating patterns so quickly and we just instinctively kind of know yeah I just love this idea that we are we have these certain instincts and then Mm. different interests pull at them like music and dance and that we have certain sections of those those big sections that are particularly connected to our past so folk music Mm. folk dance yeah, and like, both the Kaylee and um, your traditional dance karma, it's a way everybody in the community knows it. It's something that you can return to and you can, it's an intergenerational dance. It's something that brings you together Definitely. and tapped into what you collectively know as a community. Mm-hmm. Something that you pass on, something that you cherish. Mm. It's like, um, I think it would be really fun to, we should just get this, like, create the basics. It's always about creating this basic structure from where we can, like, play from. Um, and uh, so you know that there's a beat and you can move just to the beat. And then from there, oh, my God, I'm excited. Um, I trust Azustri Street in the hands of you, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I was gonna say go on I was I was gonna say Meg um I was gonna say to Karma about the group in um in Berlin Mm. in case um you should definitely go (laughs) I absolutely love that um (laughs) honestly recently I've been like dancing on my own in my room after a good meditation session I'll just be like I have too much energy and I've never been somebody who like dances on their own in the room but the past few months I've just been like I need this and every time I do it I feel so much better <laughs> I, I suppose maybe we could like uh, all end with maybe like one thing that people can just take away to kind of move in their own daily life so maybe you could start or interpret that how you would I mean I would just say listen to your body more often because a lot of time your intuition will speak to you through your body not your mind Mm. intuition cannot be restricted to language so yeah definitely just listen to your body and what it's trying to tell you yeah I think I'd say dance in the mirror as well put some music on dance in the mirror and follow Mm. your movements and just see how your body moves and be use the mirror don't use the mirror just yeah just start in your room and then dance with other people Mm-hmm. yeah I really like that Meg I really like that um this noticing that you're making a shape that you have a form that it's not just about a flat um uh photo I think we've got so used to um kind of media has made us like um so 2d like oh if I can look good just from this angle then I could just keep pulling that face out time and time again in different locations and I think that accepting that we look weird we're like weird like know how weird you look like love Mm -hmm. it like move make weird shapes make monsters like well often like when we're moving uh like that thing of being like I am so grotesque and like I'm like a vicious wild weird animal and then like suddenly I just neaten up and I'm just like Suddenly, like I'm like a 1920s kind of stage player, <laughs> and I'm all elegant and prim, and like yeah, you know, we all have it in us to morph, and I think it's so fun to watch 
how we morph and kind of shake it through us. I think shaking is really good because it's if you've got no space and just stand up, close your eyes and shake, it is great. And put, a, put some music on, put a timer on, like let it run as long as you can do it for 20 minutes. Um, and if you've got a bit of space, um, lie down on the floor and start moving on the floor. Be on all fours, wiggle, uh, play a track. Try and just stay on all fours for as long as possible, like wiggling, moving, dancing. Um, yeah, they're all good things to do. Mm. Exciting. I'm definitely going to start trying to do 20 minutes a day, I think. Yeah. Little session. Keep the energy um, up. Yeah. Meg's going to be big. Da- Meg, I really enjoyed our last session. I've just enjoyed all our sessions, but... Mm. I feel that I feel it growing it's great <laughs> yeah and now we've got another Berlin recruit like this is I can't wait yeah. and that's the other thing so the, the one thing I want to be really clear on about like the our body so karma one of the biggest projects our body's done before was we did it in Berlin we did it with I think we had nine or ten dancers we called them mm-hmm. body we call them bodies we call everyone in our sessions bodies um because everyone's got a body everyone's a body and um, and that was a mix of professional dancers and people who had never danced before, before coming to mm. a session and had never performed before. And we worked together, we jointly worked through, and we worked through really intense material. We were making um, a, a performance piece about um, legalized, uh, about unsafe and illegal abortions. And mm. we wanted to make something that, that would bring this issue into people's, uh, like onto your lips with emotion. So someone Mm -hmm. who feels like, oh, I don't really know, I'm not a woman, I'm not in a Latin American country, I don't really know much about this, I'm not sure what I think, whether people should be allowed to have abortions or not. It's suddenly like, actually, I really do have a view and I'm very happy to say that in my society, I would like women to feel safe to be able to choose whether they have a child or not, given that they feel confident and safe to do that. And mm-hmm. that was the aim of the piece. And we had, we worked together, we made this this piece that was so powerful. And it was mm-hmm. so, it was just that amazing birthing of a group because the group hadn't worked together and just watching people find their, their way of communicating and communicating mm-hmm. something electric as a group and also individually to be able to, you know, to stand there and to represent, it was really cool. It just sounds like a really beautiful way to not only connect to yourself and other people, but also send a powerful message, you know? I don't feel, I feel there is definitely something instinctive about when you see somebody dance and they, you know, elicit an emotion in you that you might not be able to get through other mediums. Mm. So yeah, I definitely look forward to looking into the Berlin part. Yeah, yeah. Find it on Instagram. Find it. On Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay. Thank you so much for your time, Amy. Oh god, it was so nice to it hang out. So I love everything so Thank you. Mm. Should we first podcast guest? Yeah. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode and we'd love for you to be part of the In-Between Collective. You can get involved through writing your own articles, uh, participating in writing workshops, uh, being part of our book club. Um, and you can find us on these handles. 
Um, for our website, please go to theinbetweencollective.net and find us on Instagram on Instagram at inbetweencollective. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we can't wait for you to hear more.